Hey, TRB fans, for the best in Star Wars accessories and jewelry, head to jewelrybrands.shop for items spanning the entire Star Wars galaxy from the Mandalorian to the Skywalker Saga and beyond. I'm wearing a Grogu pin myself right now. Their items are top of the line, best stuff you can get out there. And make sure you use code TRB at checkout to get 10% off your order. Jewelrybrands.shop, the best in Star Wars accessories and jewelry. Welcome back to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thanks for joining us. It's Monday. It is almost December. We're almost at the end of 2021. Where did this year go? I You mean 2020, no John? You know what's funny about that? Uh by the way, John, James here. Um Lacey is uh she wasn't able to record. Um she's all good. She wasn't able to record with us, so it's just guys night out. Uh me and James Blue Crew holding down the fort here in the base. Uh Lacey will be back um next Monday with Mm -hmm. us. Uh, So uh we will miss her dearly. But uh um she'll be back next Monday. So um apologies uh for the lacy diehards who uh are wishing that they heard her voice today the uh not the case gilla fans oh i like that that works (laughs) gilla fans she's gonna trademark that now watch that (laughs) (laughs) all right so yeah um you know what's funny james Hmm. i realized how long the the whole pandemic thing's been going on when i took my winter coat out from like the closet to use it and I reached into my pocket and there was a mask in there. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just like, this has been going on way too long. Yeah. Way I think too the long. Same man. thing happened to me. Like you pull out that coat that you haven't worn in a while, and and sure enough, there was a mask in it. I was like, oh, that's where the gray one went. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was honestly like, oh, I hope there's like 20 bucks in here. And I reach in my pocket, just pull out that old, like, and it's like the cheap blue mask with the string oh, it on that it. One? Like that yeah. one. Yeah. So technically uh, the good so mask. Still going on. Really? It's like, yeah, they're good. I mean, who knows what it's going to be like at Celebration in May. I don't know if they're going to be like, hopefully things are better. Jeez. Uh, but as long as the event happens at this point, um, that's that's my main hope. But so before we get into the stories here, um, this past week, like any time Adam Driver touches a fringe element that could even remotely tie into Star Wars, it makes people salivate and rub their hands together like, oh, something's mm-hmm. going on here. And it just, like this site in the UK, they had a chance to interview him for uh, House of Gucci or whatever. And they asked him, like, you know, you seem to be doing a lot more um, serious pieces, art pieces, award-type movies. Are you... um are you kind of done with these big franchise things? And he just said, no, well, not necessarily. He's like, if the right project comes along, I wouldn't say no to that. Um, 
So, and that was it. And somehow some sites and stuff took that and ran with it as he said he would be open to coming back to Star Wars as Kylo Ren and Ben Solo, yeah, which I, is dangerous because, uh, and I'll just say this and then I'll throw it to you. Like you have, there's a lot of social media accounts and stuff that have big, big followings and all they do, they don't even have websites or anything like that. They just tweet stuff. So they tweet, Adam Driver says he would be open to returning as Kylo Ren. It gets thousands and thousands of likes and impressions and retweets and quote tweets. And then that stuff is what gets thrown into the the zeitgeist or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, Thanksgiving dinner tables and people are talking about it and saying mm-hmm. like Adam Driver would come back. And and then it th- that, that becomes one of those things where people hang on to that because people like whether they liked him or didn't like him or they didn't like how his ending was. The, the the character is a hot, white hot issue and Adam Driver is very popular. So people latched onto it with, you know, oh my God, there's hope that he might come back or something like that. And it's just not the case. Like he didn't say anything like that. So what was your take on that, all that? All I was going to add was that was that was what I noticed too, is that every time I saw the headline, because this this is not an important headline unless it's to Star Wars fans, you know? But every time yeah. I saw the headline somewhere, it was, hey, Adam Driver was asked about Star Wars, and and I'm like, nope, wrong. He was not asked about Star Wars. He was right. asked about large, like, AAA titles, like the big franchise pictures, and would he return to it? Now, I could loosely understand, because what's the biggest AAA title he's ever been in? You know, if if not the only, can you think of anything else that he's ever been like? I mean, I think that's probably the only thing. So when he is answering that question loosely, <clears throat> you got to think they're talking about Star Wars here. You know, so I, I think I think you kind of have to put the pieces to get to that result. But I do think it's unfair that that's the headline because that's not the question he was asked. And it's not even really technically the answer he was giving because he was asked about AAA titles and would he return to it? He's He could very well be answering yes if another big, not Star Wars, another big franchise came along, I would be down to do a big AAA thing like that. Yeah. But his answer still very well could be personally, I'm never going back to Star Wars. Yeah, like <laughs> they, they could have been could, like... It could be. We don't know. That wasn't the question asked. That's not the question he answered. Right. They could have been like, do you like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? Would you ever want to be a pirate? He'd be like, I wouldn't say no. And yeah. people would be like, Adam Driver wants to come back. That's Kylo Ren <laughs> in Pirates of the Caribbean. Adam Driver was asked about <laughs> the fandom of Star Wars and his thoughts on Kylo Ren's passing. <laughs> it's like, no. It had to do with pirates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So that, so that was interesting. Um, and hopefully... Um, people didn't get their hopes up too much on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'd be down if you wanted to come back if it made sense, but I don't think that's happening. Um, all right, so we got that out of the way. Um, we have uh, a two-man operation here, James, so it'll be uh, interesting. This has been a while since um, we've done this. I don't remember last time we had one of us out, but anyway, we will proceed forward. And as always, on Monday, we tackle the latest news in our uh, top segment. What do we got, James? It's the resistance. 
Resistance report this week uh, has a lot to do with some stuff that has to, uh, with the Empire magazine, right? So this Empire magazine, uh, we've always looked at it. It's a regular thing that they tend to get new start when new Star Wars is coming around the corner. Uh, Empire is going to be one of those magazines that's going to get you know a front cover and probably an exclusive piece. And one of the first things we got here is a new official image um, released. Uh, now, granted, actually, I'm thinking here, this this was not Empire, but a lot of the news we're talking about comes from that Empire article. This particular image of, of um, Book of Boba Fett was from the Disney UK website, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So sorry if I was a little misleading on that. Like, you'll see later when we get into the stories, it seems like all of them come from the Empire article. But this particular image was released, and I think John really wants to talk about it because, again, same as the Adam Driver thing, you see an image, and where does the fandom go with the image, uh, but to a place that isn't necessarily even what the image is trying to show you. Um, Long story short, it's a picture of uh, Boba and Fennec, and they're standing in this room, and they just happen to be to the side uh, you know, on this side of the photo, and there's a big empty spot over here. So the speculation is, why is the framing off? What are they hiding? Who did they erase? I think this comes <laughs> off the heels of, like, um, Spider-Man, Spider-Man Far From Home, like, Lizard getting punched, and it's like, they're clearly <laughs> taking people out of the thing, and it's like, we don't know this, you know? We don't know what's going on. So, uh, so what are your thoughts on this image as it is, and then maybe a little bit into the how how fans maybe took it? Um, I mean, yeah, the image is cool just because it's like, all right, this is a real actual shot and look at this series, which is always great to see. Um, so I wrote our version of the article on this. Uh, this was off the heels of a lot of people already speculating on social media and stuff about who were they, who did they edit out of this photo. Um, and, you know, I was talking to Val about it, uh, the, you know, our, the site owner at Star Wars mm-hmm. News Net, and he made a great point, you know, cause he's in the, the visual effects industry. And he said, it, you know, it'd be much easier for them to have just cropped this image than to have spent all that time to edit someone out and keep the, and restore the ray of light coming through and all the dust and stuff. He's like, if they wanted to hide something, just crop the image. And I thought that was just a. A simply put, great point. Um, now they're clearly in that room from the trailer where they meet that uh, Ithorian that's t- speaking English via translator, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So it looks like that's going to be a little bit more than just a chat as they have their guns drawn there. Um, the image is interesting. Now you see Boba Fett's armor; it is different, so it does check out with our st- our report from a few months ago that he is changing a bit of his look, especially in the lower half. Uh, his his like knee pads and his boots all look different. Um, Boba Fett just looks different. Like it's not even his look. It's just, he's, he's definitely stockier and bulkier than we remember him from like return of the Jedi and stuff. And whether they explain that or not, I don't know. Um, I don't see how a guy would put on weight having been, uh, inside of a beast for however long he was in there, but maybe the Tusken Raiders fed him well, who knows? Um, but in terms of the speculation thing, yeah, it, it just always seems like, and, and it's, a, it's a beautiful part of being a fan. It's just like that fun 
aspect of using your imagination to guess on like, oh, what could this mean? Or what is that? Or what could that be in that trailer? Who is that standing behind that person that looks like this? And I love doing that stuff, but you just got to make sure you're not setting yourself up for something that isn't going to happen. And then you get, you get mad because that didn't occur or you weren't able to call it correctly or something like that. Cause people mm-hmm. like being able to call things for cred or whatever, some fake online currency called clout. But um, I brought up an example cause I remember this happening with the rise of Skywalker and the, those shots of the crew overlooking the death star. And there's a lot of empty space on one of the shots facing them and a shot from behind them. And I remember a lot of people saying like, that's because Ben Solo is going to be there with them or R2-D2 is in the shop, but they didn't want to show him here yet. And I remember a lot of that going around. It, it, this reminded me exactly of that. And my conclusion is just that image is what that image is. I don't think an official Disney account is going to go through that. I don't think it's the Star Wars way to really do that. The only example I could think of, James, I think you may have pointed that out a few years ago, was this one of the Solo trailers they showed like Chewy or something walking down yeah. on the beaches of Savarine, but he wasn't holding the luggage or something like that. It was like something like that. He was, yeah, he was missing in two shots in the trailer. So the first trailer came out and it was Han and um, Kira and they were walking. And then in the next trailer, he was behind them carrying the luggage. And then there's another shot of Han looking up at the Falcon. And it was just him in the first trailer. But in the second trailer, it's him and Chewy looking up at the Falcon. And it's very, right. I mean, it's literally the exact same shot. It's like they very clearly added this character later. Um, yeah, yeah. So, it, yeah, but I don't so know what's it's your almost take on this. like you can't argue it. It's, it's not like Star Wars hasn't done that before. And that wasn't even a that promotion. was the only that wasn't even a photo. That was like actually but also footage. Solo went through a lot of changes too. So that could have been mm-hmm. an outlier. But what, what's your take on this thing? I haven't really talked to you about it. So there's two things. Number one, in the example you you gave, I thought it was a little crazy back then when people saw that and they were like, well, there's clearly this. I'm like, no, look at the photo you're looking at. You have three characters on this side. And then what is taking up the space on the other side? The Death Star. That's what you want to see. There's a framing that's going on there and people are only looking at the characters and they're missing the yeah, story right. of what's happening here. This is three characters and the Death Star. That's what they're showing you. Now, to be fair, when I look at this image of Book of Boba Fett, first of all, it doesn't. The other thing looked like a scene from the movie. Like you go, oh, that looks like a, a screenshot from the movie. This does not look like a screenshot from the show. This looks like a piece of promotional material to me. You've sa- you said that about the Mandalorian too, though. Like in those shots of him fighting, like the Trandoshans and stuff. You're like, this looks like it's action figures posed or something like that. And Did there I- are scenes. Yeah, and they he did fight them in that scene, so. Yeah, Th- this to me looks like a promotional thing, and I think part of why I'm thinking that too is because the framing is a little weird. In the other shot, they were showing you the Death Star. In this scene, they're showing you a wall. There's nothing really there that's sticking out. Now, I don't think that means they replaced it, but I think what that means is they probably built this image around some sort of promotional thing that's like, here's your character's, and here's where text or copy is going to go. Or like if this were the end of a YouTube video, that's where like your channel and yeah, your other video right. would be. It would be sitting yeah. over there on the side. And so to me, I just saw this and I go, oh, well, I don't know why the framing is all off, but there's probably it's probably just another piece of promotional material that they decided to release 
but it just was built for something else and it is what it is. Um, but I, I would be surprised if this was a shot in the show because I don't know what it's really showcasing to be in that odd framing like that. That being said, I do not think they erased I, somebody from the, the thing. Okay, I, I was going to say, I'm not yeah. on that page at all. But I am saying, yeah. you know, to that point, it is odd framing, um, whereas in the other example that you gave, I'm like, that's not odd framing, and I really think those people were really crazy. This, right. this to me, does seem a little like, well, it's odd. Let's try to make sense of the oddity here. What does that mean? Um, I don't think it's the person, but I do think there's probably something up with this that it probably had a different intent. But I don't know. It could be a shot from the show. We'll see. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that idea that, you know, you can totally picture the Book of Boba Fett logo being right there. Boom, right to the next, or, right to the left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's much ado about nothing. But uh, I, I do love when fans speculate as long as they don't... Um, get mad when things don't don't come to be but this seems like an innocent one where it's just like oh i wonder if someone's there uh, right. but i did like the fact that we were able to tie that in and see that it's clearly that spot where that authorian was now do they kill him do, what happens the to that character we'll find out in what's today's date Is it 29th soon enough yeah just a little less than a month or maybe about a month, a month. away but yeah a month from today book of Man. boba fett how about that um, well, let's get into the, the stuff that I was alluding to earlier, which is the Empire Magazine reveals uh, the exclusive images and interviews coming from the Book of Boba Fett. Um, one of the things that they uh, had here was a couple images and one showcasing um, uh, Robert Rodriguez, you know, practicing or kind of showing how this scene is going to go down. He looks like he's playing paintball, but that's probably a safety thing <laughs> with masks and probably dust and dirt, too. Probably makes a lot of sense to have like a, a heavy mask on. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was uh, in the description for this the, um, about what's going on. You know, they say they explain the show's premise again and how you ended up in this point. But uh, giving us a little bit of detail on Boba Fett explaining that, you know, he's a successful bounty hunter, but he's not necessarily a successful leader yet. So he's not used to being the new guy. Uh, in this type of scenario where he's actually trying to play leader, if you will. So he, you know, he has a lot of um, street smarts, but maybe doesn't know exactly how to play the game. Um, kind of like Thrawn, I guess, sort of. Like he doesn't, he doesn't quite understand the political landscape, mm -hmm. even though he's yeah. been a strategist like his entire life. So it's kind of maybe similar in that regard. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts uh, reading uh, what we have yet of the article? But it's probably Monday. This issue is probably out and there's more stories. But, you know, here we are right now. Um, yeah. It's definitely interesting, that element of Jabba being gone and you, we see um, Bib Fortuna in the chair and stuff like that. And we're, are, are we thought to assume that he took over the empire, uh, Jabba's empire, like Bib Fortuna. Uh, it's hard to, it, yeah, it's hard to. Did I did I not say that right? I said Bib, no. You I? did. I was just making sure you weren't describing Boba. You're saying it's kind of hard to believe that Bib Fortuna took over Jabba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's you know he's sitting there and he's all plump and jolly and stuff like that. Like, did he really take over Jabba's thing? I find that hard to believe. So he's just kind of like chilling and just took over the palace and there wasn't really much crime going on i don't really know 
nor do I care. But there's obviously this thing, like when in any type of story, when you hear like, oh, the king is dead, and it's like, who's going to take over? Like, let's siege the castle, and let's take over the empire, and let's do this. Like, Boba Fett isn't the only person who has this idea. So I think that's going to be a part of the story too, where there's going to be other syndicates or other hungry people who want to get their claws in there and take over what was Jabba's. I think Boba Fett might run into that and be challenged by people who don't believe that he has the ability or the stones to to take over that role. Um, and I think that plays into what Favreau is saying about how he's been an expert bounty hunter and that's all he's ever known. This is a new territory for him. How is he going to handle that? And I think that's going to be an interesting angle too. Um, but in terms of, you know, Boba Fett, like, and I said this when we saw the trailer of how he said, I tend to rule with peace uh, by using peace or whatever he says, you know. Like, I, I intend to I rule. I intend to rule with peace, or right? Was that his line? Um, Jabba ruled with fear. Oh, I no. Intend to rule I intend to peace. rule with respect. With respect. Okay. I think that's BS. And, you know, I said that when we saw the trailer. I think he's uh, just testing people to see their allegiances and to see how to, like, you know, call their bluff sort of thing. I think he's going to be pretty ruthless and brutal in this show. And I hope he is because he's Boba Fett. I don't, want, I don't need a passive diplomatic Boba Fett. That's boring. This is the book of Boba Fett. It's a Robert Rodriguez show. Yeah. This isn't like a Wes Anderson Boba Fett series where he's going to be sitting on a couch staring at the camera for an hour. This is going to be pretty raw. Uh, if you've seen anything by Robert Rodriguez, there's a lot of action. There's a lot of violence. And, and he's all about that. And that shot of him swinging that heavy weapon reminded me of that shot of John Favreau holding that Gatling gun on the behind the scenes of The Mandalorian. Like, no, this is how you got to do it, guys. So I think it's going to be a very physical, very violent show for Star Wars standards, of course. Not going to need a lot of blood or anything like that. But um, I think that's the kind of cocktail I'm getting out of all of these quotes so far between Favreau, Robert Rodriguez, is that you're looking at a guy who wants the power, doesn't really know how to do it, but he's going to try to figure out figure it out as he goes, while also trying to ward off people who want that same chair. So I think that's what uh, it's starting to look like to me. I don't know. What do you think? That, it's a little interesting because you painted the picture of, I don't really think Bib Fortuna took over the Empire or anything like that. I never got that impression. I got the impression that when Jabba died, everybody left and he's like, it's like in a lone room. Like they, it's like they, yeah, yeah. I felt like they left the castle and he goes, well, if nobody wants this abandoned house in the middle of the desert, I'll, I'll be playing the king, king of the castle. Yeah. And he's not at all. Uh, so yeah. Boba comes back and he like almost expects there to be someone in power that he's going to have to kill. And it's Bip Fortuna. He's like, okay, no, the, this is stupid. Just kills the guy. No problem. Cause he's no well, threat whatsoever. And then he says, this is going to be my new home base, but I think he's starting at zero. I don't think, I don't think people are coming after the empty house. I think he's starting think at zero. What do you think the pipeline of information is, though, in terms of, like, Tatooine and his accessibility to people and, like, the rumor mill and stuff? Like, he falls into the Sarlacc pit. He doesn't know that Jabba gets killed or the, the Katana gets blown up or anything like that. Do you think there's a ch any chance he rolled into Jabba's palace thinking Jabba was still there? Or do you think he had found out already that Jabba was killed? 
he knows Jabba's killed because I think I think he might not have known by the time he got eaten by the the Sarlacc and all that. But I think he's been out, and I think he's been landscaping Tatooine for a while. But Doing a little the, detective work. But the question is, is why didn't he make that decision earlier? Was he really waiting to get his armor back? You know that that seems a little shaky. Like you were already on Tatooine, chilling. You With were watching Raiders. over some of these other characters doing their thing. And then all of a sudden Mandalorian shows up, gets that armor, like, and then you go after Din. Like, why didn't you go under after Gob? You know, it's like a it's like yeah, a yeah. it's a little weird thing. I, I don't think they've yet explained that. And I'm also I'm also a little under the impression that they just won't. <laughs> I think they might just go in and be just here it is. Like we won't get the Sarlacc explanation. We won't get what he's been up to explanation. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it, it it'll definitely be interesting to see how they play this thing out because I think one thing that they, I assume they're going to do is preserve what old school Boba Fett fans think of Boba Fett. Because I, I I'm not one to say like you got to make sure you appease to the original fans of said character, but for Boba Fett, I think you do because. It's one of those things where our, our generation or and people younger than us will never be able to understand why the kids who were kids when Empire came out love Boba Fett so much. And it's because they got the action figure first, they saw him in that cartoon first, and they were able to build this mystery and aura about this character that when they finally saw him in the movie talking to Darth Vader, they're like, whoa! This, this figure that I ordered and that I'm playing with and stuff like he's there and he's real. He's realized he's like our guy and he's different and stuff like that. To us, it was just like, oh, yeah, Boba Fett, the guy who falls into the side of the sail barge and falls into that pit. Boba Fett, that guy. Yeah. So I, it's always going to be different. And we're always going to see from the, those different lenses. And those original Boba Fett fans are always going to see him a way we'll never get to. I think they understand that. And this is one character where I think it's not it's not like toxic to cater to the OG fan. I think that's what Boba Fett is rooted in. And I think they're going to make sure they um, respect that. And I think Favreau understands that too, because he was one of those kids playing with the figures too. And he wanted to make it a Boba Fett series. So I I think it's going to be one of those things where we see Boba Fett really doing Boba Fett things. So I think this whole, like I said, this whole thing about him being this like diplomatic ruling with respect thing is just him just trying to, lull people to sleep and then he's going to bludgeon them. Mhm. Yeah, I, I don't I don't doubt that at all. I think them trying to say uh, you know, the mainstream fans of Star Wars who really are only familiar with Boba Fett from the movies, um they need to see this character in a new light. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like I don't think that's the <laughs> no one's goal would be for that to be the case that they're going to make this character something that he wasn't back then. Um Yeah. Even yeah. even you could say, you know, maybe his character was a little different in like Legends or something what they did, but I don't really think they ever did. I always felt like they kept him I mean, I never read the Legend stuff, but my understanding of Boba Fett and why people liked Boba Fett was that it was just an extension of what we saw on screen. Like, Oh, I bet that character's really sure. cool. And then they like made him really cool. Like in the stories, it just was what you expect and, him to be. So 
I would feel like it would be a departure from what most fans even assume they rec- they know about Boba Fett, and then also <clears throat> what Legends fans do feel they know about Boba Fett. This needs to live up to that concept too. And do those fans who are Legends fans and like the OG Boba Fett fans who were eight in 1980, who are like 50 now, do they know that in canon, Boba Fett is the one who revealed Luke Skywalker's name to Darth Vader? Probably not. You know, like, so they've tried to, like, grant Boba Fett with more importance retroactively in new canon. I don't know that that has reached uh, everybody, um, but he's center front and center stage now he has his own show and it's going to be curious how they how they do this i hope that all fans receive it well and and i i you, you can't not trust uh favreau at this point robert rodriguez he only did the one episode and people seem to like that so if it's more of that then i guess it'll be good but yeah it's, like i said you know one month away so we'll find out very very soon yeah well let's talk about uh some other stuff that happened in that empire article which is dave filoni on the th- He's a thrilling process of writing the Ahsoka story as he always wanted to tell. So the thing here is that he was talking a little bit about, uh, you know, all the shows that he's working on, but specifically he was asked about the writing process because he's currently scripting. Uh, He says, it's thrilling. I got to tell you, it's something you'd imagine doing for a long time. And then it's kind of startling when you're sitting there and now you have to do it. Uh, and he goes on to talk a little bit about more how he had this idea in his head and this was the story. But then now that they've progressed uh, with a lot of new characters, including Din Djarin and Grogu and other things like that, uh, how when they want to tell that Ahsoka story, it kind of has to be rewritten and revised to to branch out of that core story that is the Mandalorian. Um, And how that's all coming together is, um, I guess, like, you know, he says it's like a thrilling process. So, um, I don't know if 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 you want to add on to this. I'll go ahead and, and start with this too. I I like hearing that the concept for Ahsoka and the show is something that he kind of planned, but he has absolutely like enjoyed the process of readapting it to what makes sense. Kind of in a, in a um. I mean, I've already mentioned Thrawn. I'm wearing the Thrawn thing tonight, but like that's the we had this idea of Legend Thrawn, but now. He's a new canon character, so we kind of have to readapt him just a little bit, and we're cool with that and how we can make it still the same core story, same core character, same core idea, but um, revise it with with new um, possible timeline and surrounding new planets, new um, core characters that are uh, key characters. Um, I really... Uh, I, I don't think that what he's saying is going to be like, wow, I didn't think he was doing that. I imagine most fans probably understand that idea that when he had these ideas for what what happened to Ahsoka, what happened to Ezra, he probably wasn't writing, well, there's going to be this Mandalorian guy, you know, and then there's going to be like a, a baby right. Yoda no. character. Like, no. obviously, no. all that stuff. Um, is now like, hey, we've created the Mandalorian kind of sub-universe of Star Wars, and we want you to uh, bring your Ahsoka story to life within that universe and within that context. And he's like, okay, all right. So I did have this one character, maybe I'll rewrite him to be Din Djarin. 
and maybe that shifts the story up a little bit, but maybe I mean, we, we don't know. I'm saying like it could have been anything. Um, but again, this is really about the Ahsoka show itself, but I'm saying, I think like with not just the, what happened in the show, uh, Dave Filoni is a lore person. So when he's writing the show, okay, Ahsoka's walking on a planet. He also has this st- other story that we'll probably never see, which is how did she get on that planet? And that's that story, that lore, that understanding of how that character got on that planet has to now be retracted. And he's like, well, it was that she met this guy, but now I'm going to kind of change that guy and re-visualize the whole story in the context of maybe that person was actually Din Djarin, you know? And maybe yeah. the, the the original character was like this one child, but now it's the child, you know, and I can kind of revise it, whatever. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. Well, what, what are your thoughts hearing, you know, that he's working currently on the Ahsoka show and how it's all coming together? The, this is one of those things where it's just, it's gonna, like, there's nothing to worry about. And what, what I mean by that is not to say, like, this is gonna be the, like, guaranteed great, but... The only person who was ever going to be writing this show was Dave Filoni. So no matter what happens, whether it's good or bad, there wasn't. It's not one of those things where it's like, ah, oh, I wish I, you know, saw the Colin Trevorrow version of the Ahsoka series, man. Oh, like that's that, good you point. know, what what could have been if it was, you know, they're not going to bring in was, Gary Whitta to rewrite. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Or uh, who's the who's yeah? No, Gary Whitta was the one of the original writers. Who's yeah, the oh, one? Sorry. Tony Gilroy. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Tony Gilroy, who's now doing uh, uh, Cassian. Andor. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah. I mean, this was Dave Filoni's always. So, we go into that knowing that. So, whatever we end up getting, we were going to get. Um, now, I think where, where it sort of has deviated in the timeline is he probably wrote the original story treatments for this idea as Rebels was ending, or maybe even while he was writing the Rebels finale, and thinking like, you know, we're probably looking at doing this in a new animated show about Ahsoka, or something. And that's why Rebels ended there, and we're going to take it here, and continue with these characters, but in animated, kind of like what they did with Bad Batch, off of the end of Clone Wars. Same, same uh, nucleus, same heart, same vibe, but it's new, it's different. Then Disney Plus comes along. He gets brought in with Favreau to do Mandalorian. It becomes a huge success. Season one, they're like, he's like, I got this idea for this show. I was going to do animated. He probably talks to Kathleen Kennedy. They're like, can we make this work on live action? Let's test Ahsoka out in Mando season two. See how fans receive someone else being Ahsoka. Uh, It doesn't really have any implications on her story. It's just a matter of her finding this person. We'll just use this 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 woman on this planet to ha- have the knowledge of where Thrawn is and that's all we need and that's the only reason to have Ahsoka there or whatever and then like the Grogu connection and stuff is nice as well but then he you know now it becomes this thing that I had the story treatment for animated how do I make this into a live action thing you probably have to reel it in a little bit because sometimes with animation you could do obviously much crazier things than you do with a live action character in terms of like how they even act and the dialogue and it's it's definitely different than live action um still star wars still has those beats and those those feelings um i do love a lot of what he's saying here i always love dave floney interviews Um, i'm not necessarily in love with everything he's done 
uh, for Star Wars. I think some of his stuff is a little too Easter eggy and callbacks um, in the Clone Wars, if you pay attention enough. And, and that's fine. I still like that stuff. But in terms of what he's talking about with the collaboration with uh, John Favreau and saying, like, you know, this is the story I always wanted to write. But the fact that you have other creatives like John Favreau, they can help lend dimensions and depth to what you're doing. Uh, I think that's amazing because, you know, Filoni's new to live action. And I think that's really important to have someone as seasoned and successful as John Favreau to help him uh, understand how this medium works and this type of storytelling works because it is different than animated without question. And I think Favreau is going to be like the unsung hero here um, in terms of helping Filoni get to that point that a lot of fans were always hoping he would, which is, you know, we've in the past few years, we've been hearing people saying like, we want Dave Filoni to, to direct the Star Wars movie. People were even saying they were hoping he was going to direct episode nine or, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, I think his relationship with Favreau is genuine. It's real. It's strong. And they both have things that they've learned off each other. Favreau, especially learning about lore from Filoni. Filoni learning about how to do this stuff well mm -hmm. from Favreau. And I think that's going to go a long way for this Ahsoka series. So I think Filoni being the guy uh, takes pressure off in terms of the expectations because he was only going to be the, he was going to be the only one doing it anyway. So whether it's good or bad, that's what we were getting. You can rest that, uh, put that down as exactly what that is. And then add to the fact that uh, Favreau's still like his sort of partner in crime here. Uh, I think we're in for in for something really special, and I'm curious to see. Do we know if is Filoni directing all of that series? Has that been talked about? Am I missing something there, or has that not been really discussed? I could see it, right? Because he's already directed stuff for Mandalorian. It's a limited series. Yeah. Maybe he just wants to direct the whole thing. What do you think? I don't know. I would imagine that it's probably more along the lines of, um, there would be a chance that. Right now, Mandalorian is being run by John and Dave. That Ahsoka would just be Dave. Like John might actually mm -hmm. step out of it a little bit, uh, and let Dave pick the oh, directors yeah, yeah. and stuff more along oh, those okay. lines. Okay. <clears throat> now Dave might still do the first episode or the last episode or something like that. He might actually direct one of the episode where she dies. Definitely the whatever. last. Right? Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't know. However, you want to do it, but um. But I think it would be very similar to him just being the overseer, uh, uh, much like John Favreau is with the Mandalorian, and Dave is there too. But I think I'm leaning towards like maybe Dave just kind of handles this one <clears throat> more on yeah, his I'm own. That. Yeah. Um, I was thinking Do too. You... Just another fun thing too is like uh, th this we were kind of describing how maybe he had the stories and he's rewriting them as things kind of happen, kind of remind you of George Lucas back in the day when he it probably surely did have these ideas of how all of it came together, but then he actually made the movie and things changed. And then he had to work on five and six and then eventually one, two and three. And all those ideas of what he had written at one point had to be shaped as he created his own content. So as yeah. Dave Filoni created this content that is the Mandalorian, he had to, throughout the process, reshape this whole thing. Like, oh man, I thought this was open season when I wrote Ahsoka, so this was totally the timeline they were in. But now this Mandalorian character's out there, so that doesn't make sense. He's probably been rewriting the Ahsoka slowly you know, as it's been going on, because he's been thinking that's probably going to happen. 
and then he yeah. got it and he, now he's actually in the point where he's sitting there and writing it he's like yeah this is this is the moment he's, i have to make it official now he's got to have her end game in mind already right he's probably had that in mind for a long time i believe so yeah I believe that he, it's one of those things like, I know how she's going to die, but I, or, or she's going to say goodbye or whatever. I know her end, but I don't know how we get there yet. Kind of thing. You know, he doesn't know the details of how it all goes down. I have the last frame, but I have a lot of blank pages in front of it. Like I have the last page. Yeah. 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 Like, like she's like, I don't know. Like she's definitely going to disappear into the force. And it's going to involve, you know, a, a walking away or something like that. That's yeah, how it's happening. Yeah. But I don't know who's there and what her lines are or whatever, you know. Right. Yeah. I got right. You. Well, it's like, it's like, you know, I used to write songs. You used to write songs on a much uh, more successful level than me. But like, sometimes you, you, you're like, man, that'd be like the, a killer ending to a song. And you're like, I have no idea what comes before that or anything like that. But I have this part and I know I want this to end a song. And it's just like, kind of like, that's how he probably has it on a notebook somewhere, knowing him on a drawing, you know, Uh of like the end of Ahsoka. And the more I say it, like, I was thinking like, she's going to sacrifice herself and do something for Ezra. And that's going to be her big, you know, moment. But I could also see like this sort of epilogue thing, like you're saying, where like they flash forward and she's older and she kind of dies like Yoda does it with peace under Mm -hmm. like a blanket or something. And then we see her as a force ghost with Anakin or something like that, you know? Yeah, I'm I'm still in that mindset that him being in the show is him having no lines and just literally being like just being Luke like, and Leia at the end of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. yeah He's yeah. just there. It's just the Force Ghost. I, I think that's all that is. Imagine, imagine they, they don't even pay him for it and they just use the same exact Force Ghost shot as Return of the Jedi, but they like flip it. They mirror it or something. Well, no, I'm thinking like it's like Kenobi stuff and they're like, like uh we got five shots to do today no wait hold on six they're just like, <laughs> you know like they're not gonna pay him for it and they're like in this shot just stand here against this green screen and then smile like and then and we'll that, that's undercover we'll as like a rodian and he's sitting next to the camera like yeah yeah that's good yeah yeah, yeah. He, he's on set as an extra but he's there to just make sure they get the shot right <laughs> um yeah Let's, uh, they need like, they need a little bit of dialogue. So they like fake a, a haircut, like just a few snips off the top. Yeah, <laughs> like that's his scene. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A few snips. Wink, 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 wink. Yeah. Who's that Rodian wearing a cowboy hat? Yeah, Who's exactly. that guy? Don't worry about um, that. Don't look at that guy. Hey, we got another story though about this, uh, empire article and it has to do with Kathleen Kennedy talking about two of the upcoming properties. One we Ooh. know a lot about. It has to do with Obi-Wan. And I think particularly that story seems a little fluff. It seems a little like, okay, what do you want her to say? That's probably exactly what it is. She said, oh, they're so excited to be back together, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. That It was very emotional when they saw Dad spoken in a long time. And it's, you know, it's really great to see them all together. Cool. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, that's it's neat to hear that, but I already knew that or imagined that to be the case so clearly. The other part of what she said was very interesting, though, because she said, uh, you know, she was asked about the uh, 
sequel trilogy characters and their future. And she said, certainly those are not characters we're going to forget. They will live on. And those are conversations that are going on with the creative team as well. So that to me was kind of the more um, poignant uh, section of this story because I'm like, wait a second. That means they are actually having conversations. Not that I didn't know they weren't, but it seemed a little more official when she's saying, no, of course we're talking about that. We've got these amazing sequel trilogy characters that our creative teams are working on ways that will allow audiences to not forget that they're still around. You know, I'm like, that seems like you're actively looking for ways to bring these characters back in properties. Um, which doesn't necessarily mean live action, but it does mean that if you're moving forward past that rise of Skywalker timeline, you're probably looking at something official or big. You know what I mean? I don't think they're. I don't think she's referring to forces <laughs> of destiny or comics. Yeah, or something. Something very. No, I think that's just like those are things that they can kind of fit in and those fill in the gaps and stuff like that. But I think what she's discussing here. I is hope. I hope you're right, man. Live action or or uh, a longer animated series or a video game that obviously has like a story mode where the canon is going to be important that's the thing so animated like fine i'd rather star wars do an animated series with characters that like we're meeting for the first time again like rebels was sure because if they do an animated series for like ray and finn and stuff they're probably not going to get the actors back for them and i know you know whatever i i want these people to be playing the characters you know, that's like when people said, like, would you be happy if they made Solo 2 happen as an animated series? I No, I wouldn't. Because Jonas would have zero involvement in it, first of all. And I, I want him back. Uh, he's an amazing ambassador for the franchise for fans. Um, uh, and Alden Ehrenreich I'd want back, too. Not as a voice. I'd want him as Han Solo. So it's the same thing here. So I hope you're right, man. I hope this is like, she when she's saying that, she means in a big way. Whether that's films in, in 10 years. Or a live action uh, Disney Plus shows. Also, let's not forget, like, yeah, maybe people didn't, uh, a lot of people or a percentage of the population didn't love some of the sequel movies. And that's fine. They still made a lot of money. Even like the last one, like the first one was always going to make a lot of money. And it made the most, of course, um, because you're getting all the actors back. The nostalgia's there. It wound up being a very good movie. Uh, everyone felt pretty good about it. Last Jedi came out and you can still rest on the fact that this is Luke Skywalker's movie. So we're going to get box office for Luke Skywalker. Leia is still here. On uh, the third one, the, it was really all on the backs of the younger generation, the new characters. It was very minimal presence. Like Carrie Fisher was literally gone. They had to use old footage. Mark Hamill was in it for one scene. Harrison Ford was in it for one brief scene that we didn't even know he was. they were going to be in it. Officially. Yeah, yeah. He, he was like not in it really. Yeah, so... That movie was on the backs of these characters and it's still made over a billion dollars. So, and as time goes on and the young kids who watched The Force Awakens get into their teens and their early 20s and stuff, we've been saying this, they're going to be the ones doing the podcasting and stuff. They're, these characters are now going to be considered like, like fan service like, oh my God, there's Babu Frick. 
BB-8, Dio. Like before we know it, all these new characters they introduced are going to hold a similar sort of legacy as the other characters did coming into this trilogy. And I think maybe they're understanding that. And as more of these movies stumble, James, like Rogue Squadron, who knows what's happening with that? Then you have Taika's, we don't know what's going on with Feige. Ryan Johnson, we've been talking about, who knows? Maybe they're realizing maybe these, like we don't get too crazy and wild with the theatrical stuff. Maybe this is our crew and we bring them back sooner than we thought. Uh, so I hope you're right. I hope the, the discussion she's talking about or the, the, the ideas for these characters is in a live action uh, way. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, like you said, I agree with you on the, the Obi-Wan stuff. Like she didn't really say too much. It's she really didn't say anything. Guys, can you believe it? They were excited to see each other. Imagine she was like, we really had to convince Hayden to work with you and again. It was a challenge because like that would have been interesting. But this is like the most PR fluff of PR things. And that's fine. What if she got confused and she was like, well, it was hard to convince them to get back together because, I mean, I think the last time they saw each other, like, like. Ewan ended up like cutting off Hayden's legs and stuff. And everybody's like, Kathleen, you know, that was the movie, right? That didn't really happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Obviously, we spent the most time on uh, the sequel trilogy characters part. And I I, I agree. I think that was the juiciest part of um, Lucasfilm President's comments. Yeah. Speaking of comments, that's a good one to add if you guys are watching on YouTube or something like that. How you think uh, we should take this. She says, you know, there's these characters from the sequel trilogy and our creative team is working on ways so that the audiences don't forget who they are. What do you think that means? Is that live action or is that just something that's very strong canon based like uh, a triple A title video game or an uh, an animated series uh, on or or a live action series on Disney Plus that is not necessarily like the three of them, but it's like Finn. You know what I mean? It's just like his show or something along those lines. Mm. Um, uh, who knows? Or all three? Maybe, maybe Poe gets a uh, the video game, Ray gets the movie, Finn gets the Disney Plus series or something. Although I think that's a little weird to split them up like that. You know? Yeah, we already had we already had them split up for so much of the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, we got a couple other things we wanted to get through real quick. Uh, Ludwig Jorhensen, uh, scoring. A Grammy nomination for The Mandalorian Season 2. Kind of funny play on the word score there. (laughs) Um, No, it's not like it's not a huge surprise. Um, If you guys want to go check out the Star Wars Newsnet article on it, um, there's a couple of specific tracks that are picked out. It's like, hey, these are exceptionally good tracks that maybe you haven't uh, really thought about listening to. Like when you think of The Mandalorian Season 2, you're probably still thinking of that core Mandalorian song. It's like, no, he's winning an award for season two. So go listen to maybe these specific tracks that are uh, particularly noteworthy. Um, and uh, we wish him the best of luck. We hope he gets uh, the NAMI uh, the, the NAMI win. <laughs> the NAMI! <laughs> the Grammy nominated, uh, but win there. Um, the other thing too is this is kind of interesting. It came from Twitter, but from an official person who was working on the properties and stuff. Battlefront 3 apparently was pitched from DICE uh, to EA, but because of the way these titles work, 
it's um it's very similar to like Pacific Rim three, you know, like uh they say, you know, well, if you want to make a, a sequel, you gotta go bigger, you gotta go better for the third one, for the next one. It's always gotta be that. And if that is the case, then this is the money we would need to make it happen. This is how much we expect the the property would need to sell in the long run. EA ran the numbers and they said, nah. nah so it's possible at this point battlefront 3 never sees the light of day uh considering it was pitched and it never happened um now that's not to say that another company can't handle it because uh i could be mistaken on this i don't really know the details but i believe battlefront was originally handled by somebody else um i also know that call of duty on a regular basis, I don't know how it stands anymore, but I remember back in the day it flopped between studios. Like every year it was this studio's release, and then the next Call of Duty game that came out a year later was by this studio, and then they went back and forth like year after year. I'm not saying somebody else couldn't do Battlefront 3, but the story is Dice pitched it, EA said no. So if you're looking forward to that, maybe read in the story and and uh, come up with your own thing here. Um, that is really it. Uh, John, I don't know if you wanted to mention this, uh, here or not, but one of the thing quickly is star Wars Newsnet has a new look. Did you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah. I mean, star Wars Newsnet is entering its 10th year of existence. And, uh, for the first time it has a brand new design and look, um, it layout in my opinion is awesome. Um, Val, who is the creator of Star Wars Newsnet and site owner, editor-in-chief, uh, decided to finally make a change. And uh, he's been working really hard with the site development team mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, talking with us in the uh, on the team for feedback on, on the look and the colors and the windows and the design and stuff. And we finally all kind of put our ideas in and, and stirred it up and... What you see now in Star Wars news that is the new look. Um, I hope uh, everyone's enjoying it. I think it's awesome. Uh, James, I know you, you've you been digging it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so entering the 10th year for the site finally has uh, a brand new look. It's refreshing. It's like a new start. And uh, with the big year coming up for Star Wars, what a better time. So definitely go to StarWarsNewsNet.com. If you don't already, for all of your Star Wars news um reviews editorials information and more uh now more than ever uh, because we not only have the breaking news at the top we also have uh tabs at the top where you can find the podcast you could find uh our sister site movie newsnet a bunch of other things but also it's separated by um subjects now you can find all of your you know you want all your obi-wan kenobi news bam right there your Bo- Book of Boba Fett news right there in one, another section. So it's uh, very easy to navigate now. And, of course, the Cantina forums are still there as well. So go check it out if you haven't in a while. StarWarsNewsNet.com. Uh, best place for your Star Wars news and uh, and fun. Yep, absolutely. Um, that, that's all yeah. I was going to say. That's it for Resistance Report. And, John, um, you can go ahead and take us into the next section. All right. Now, I can't do this as good as Lacey does, but I'll do my best. This is the Patreon Padres. All right. Now, if you're listening or watching to the show, hopefully you are subscribed to TRB. You can do that on your favorite audio podcast app. Um, We're really digging Spotify over here lately, but also, of course, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, uh, Podbean, really 
all of your major podcast apps even some we didn't even know exist were there so you should be able to find us pretty easily just make sure you subscribe if it has a rating system shoot us a rating five stars whatever it has we appreciate that and share it with a friend if uh you 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 know you're about to watch book of boba fett with somebody you know or do a watch party or somebody you know like star wars let them know about the resistance broadcast we appreciate that very much and of course our YouTube channel. We just crossed 7,000 subscribers. Uh, I know that's small potatoes compared to some channels, but it's big mm. to us here, and we appreciate everyone su- uh, subbing to us there. So make sure you go into youtube.com slash Star Wars Newsnet videos. Not only do we have the podcast there, but James and Kyle do the book discussions, uh, what happened in for to catch you up on all the books. We also do unboxing videos with Lacey. I'm going to start getting back into the rumor and theory reviews. We do reaction videos there. A lot of other stuff in addition to the video version of the podcast is there. And it's free to subscribe. So go over to youtube.com slash Star Wars News videos and subscribe. If you want more, go to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. That's where you can support us. Uh, Starting at $2 a month, you can sign up for exclusive episodes. We do bonus episodes for the podcast on Patreon. We also do commentaries. We have uh, other perks and rewards and benefits. Uh, We have a Discord server for tiers three and up, which James is an amazing time. Uh, People, it's everyone in there gets along. It's such a good time to be. Yeah, I've um, said said that before. I think that's like the number one combo if you will like of a restaurant yeah. like it's the yeah that, right that particular tier is like you get all the stuff that's on the on the regular site but then you also get into the chat and that really opens up the whole yeah the whole page and it's such a fun time in there yeah everyone gets along no matter what movies your favorite or not it's 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 refreshing and it's a testament to our little community, our little corner of the galaxy here. But um, we do want to uh, say a special thank you to our Patreon generals. Uh, that is Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Paul Olson, Jake Houchins, Oliver Lewis, Frank Grande, Haz Aslam, Joe Ritchie, Darth Hurricane, John Trollton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Joey Mayfield, Stewart, Nathan Shank, and Val Trichkoff. Yeah. And our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Double C Chris, Kendall Gelnar, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Micah Harrison, Thomas Hennessy, thank you all for your support. So this is the time where one of our generals or spice runners get to be on the show. We pitch you a topic and you hit us with a minute or so your take on that and you get to be part of the podcast. This week, we have one of our OG generals. He goes by General Beard. His name is John <laughs> Reese. He is the man. Uh, and you'll see why if you're watching on video, why he's called General Beard. Um, so, uh, James, the, his question this week was, who is an actor or actress you would really enjoy seeing in Star Wars and what type of role would you want them to play? So, Mr. Reese, okay, take it away. Hi, TRB. Hi, John, James, and Lacey. General Beard here. I would really like to see Dave Bautista in Star Wars. I think he could pull off Darth Bane really well and be an intimidating Sith Lord. Uh, We've seen his drama acting chops in Blade Runner 2049 and most recently in Dune. And I think if they gave him a Disney Plus show, multiple seasons, we could really retell and rework the story from the Darth Bane trilogy, which is now uh, Legends novels, but a really great story. And watching him go from um, a laborer on that planet to a Sith Lord and creating the rule of two could be really compelling and really awesome. And... Who doesn't want more lightsaber fights? So that's my pick for what actor I would like to see in Star Wars. General Beard, signing off. All right. There it is. Wow. 
I gotta say, I wouldn't have thought of that. So, pretty cool pick. James, what do you think about uh, Mr. Reese's pick here? Dave Batista as ba- Darth Bane. I like John, but I don't love this pick. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I th- honest. At least you're being honest with me. Hey, he- here's here's because I get it. Um, all of your points are very true. That uh, as far as a wrestler or someone involved in that type of entertainment making their way over to movies, um, that's very rare that you have someone that is as successful as you know. Uh, the rock or John Cena, for instance, Dave Batista is absolutely one of these people who are, uh, who, who John, where'd you go? I'm just kidding. You can't see me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's very rare that you have somebody who is as successful as they are. And I think that, um, you know, it's hard to argue against what, what some of the other ones are doing, but I do think that Dave Batista is very making a very particular choice, uh, with, uh, say D- Denny Villeneuve, who he's worked with a couple times. That's smart. That guy makes good movies, and you are cementing yourself in a legacy of classic film that is just free from critical review. You know what I mean? It's like, um, I mean, like it will get critical praise. It's not going to get yeah. bashed. Uh, you're not going to be laughed at or something along those lines. Um. That being said, though, I still think he's being utilized to the best of his ability, but would at this point is not someone who <clears throat> could lead something huge. I think he is being used perfectly in the roles and places that he is. Okay. But if you're talking about doing a Darth Bane series, he looks the part, but I think it's still going to be a little bit longer before I would have faith that he could lead a Star Wars property, live action Star Wars property. Um, but uh, he's definitely making good choices for his career as of now in the film world, in my opinion. Huge, huge props to him. I'm just a little shaky on where you're at, John. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like Dave Batista too. Um, and, you know, he's he's in his 50s. I don't know what, you know, how Darth Bane's supposed to look canonically at this point. Uh, I don't know that. He looks like I mean, Dave makeup, Batista. <laughs> yeah, makeup and lie. stuff. Yeah. For, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I would have no problem with the pick. Um, I think it's a... It, it's a make sense type of pick. So it sounds like I could see that being something that is done especially the way they seem to like to pick people based on momentum. And Bautista certainly has momentum in his favor right now. Um, people are taking him seriously, and you're absolutely right on that, John. So, uh, And I think Darth Bane would be a very cool thing to explore. You know, let's let's go back further. Let's find out how this whole Rule of Two thing started, how this guy came about. Um, let's tell that in canon. That could be very, very interesting. Um, elaborate more on that flash of him we saw in The Clone Wars. Um, I think that could be really cool. Um, so yeah, I don't have much else to add. I think you did a great job as always. Um, you always bring a unique perspective, uh, and u- unique points. Mm-hmm. So I knew you would do that with this topic and you did. Also, I loved, uh, I love your senior collections there, man. Uh, now I gotta ask you though, th- behind you, you have a Vader. Is that two Palpatines in there? You have to answer that for me. I'm not really sure, but I think um, he's actually. And, I think he rotated his. He like uh, straightened his image, but I think he's on a hill. 
Because if you look at all his action figures, they're all like this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And he's also wearing a BSR shirt. Black Series Rebels. I noticed that uh, too, yeah. Alex and Steve. Midnight Movie Club. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Very cool, man. So thank you, John. And thanks to all of our patrons for all of your support and everyone for their support. So, Mm -hmm. James, before we get out of here, I know we're on an hour or so already. Um, Someone had pitched this last week as a question and we didn't get to it. So we got to do it now. So Zach at Zach underscore Stitch wrote, Hey, TRB, since Book of Boba Fett is going to have flashbacks, do you think we'll find out that it was Boba Fett who killed Owen and Beru, which is a fan theory? I'm going no, but I didn't even know this was a fan theory. To be you honest. didn't know Did that, you know that fan theory? Was... No. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is no. this like a long standing thing? Well, I'll just I'll I'll put the clarification of, of why that fan theory makes sense. The first uh thing Darth Vader says to Boba Fett is no disintegrations. That's a good point. So if you think of Boba Fett's like signature move as being disintegrating his enemies or his targets or whatever it is, uh s- somebody puts the hit out to try to get, you know, Luke, he can survive, but Boba Fett's searching for him, which we actually know also canonically that he was kind of put on a hunt. It's a different time, but he was kind of put on a hunt at this time uh, by Darth Vader to go after Luke. And so it, it seems very reasonable that if there was a bounty to be had on Tatooine at the time placed by the Empire... Boba Fett probably would have been the go-to person. Yeah. And then the disintegrations so, thing. So do you, so percentage wise, like do you, what do you think that there's a chance that they would do that? It's gotta be low still, right? I don't think they would do it, but if they were going to do it, like if they were going to show what happened to his aunt and uncle, somehow or retell clarify the story i think there's like a 70 percent chance they would tie it in really well i don't Mm. think they'll do it i don't think that's part of the story but i'm saying if they were like hey we're gonna do this we're gonna show what happened there or we're going to clarify in some dialogue Uh, what happened that day i think tying it in with that would be very easy and cool for a lot of fans they'd be like what that yeah. was him you know um yeah i i, I th- it's definitely a great theory and you bringing up the disintegration thing kind of blew my mind a little bit mm-hmm. so i think that's that the thing it, that ca- is the catch on that that like seals it that made it cooler to me um maybe we see a different flashback where he does disintegrate somebody for vader in, in this show who knows yeah. but I, I don't think they'll do it because it's trampling on the original movie and George Lucas. And unless he had that idea somewhere, I don't think that they would do that and retcon that big of a moment in Luke's life. Um, so I don't think you know what that they could be coming thing. But you know what they could do is they could show a Boba Fett at that time or now or whatever doing that. And the body ends up looking very similar to what we saw in A New Hope. And they'll say, let the fans put the connections together. 
Uh, they want to write that story. But I also think that maybe if we're talking about disintegrations from a Mandalorian character, we also have kind of seen that. Din Djarin's gun fires and disintegrates people. Jawa is boom, done, disintegration. Yeah, but then like all the firepower that happened at the Jawa Sandcrawler, like Obi-Wan was saying, like, this had to have been Imperial Stormtroopers. Yep, yeah. And Luke said, if they trace the... Robots here, and he says robots. If they yeah, no, I think robots that's so here. Great. Yeah, so Go I don't back know. And it's rewatch a great... that. He says robots. Yeah, it's it's a great question, Zach, and uh, the theory is very fun, and I I, I enjoy it. I just don't know that it, reality will set in on that, but very cool. So thank you, uh, and thanks everybody for listening and watching. Um, we kind of covered all of our plug type stuff already, so let me just say, uh, Lacey. Uh, we'll be back next Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, you could find her on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin, and uh, she'll be making uh, more videos for the channel in the future, of course. Um, and uh, me, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, writing and editing at Star Wars Newsnet, and my movie podcast, just like the movies. We're putting out our episode on Gladiator tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, so be sure to check that out on your favorite podcast app. Yeah, James just is doing kidding. the thumbs just down kidding. thing. Um, uh, be- because Gladiator, James. How about you? Yeah, no, I like Gladiator. Uh, do you you probably talked about the, the sequel to Gladiator that's been pitched and all that? I don't even know about that. Oh my gosh, <laughs> look it up if you want your mind blown. But also, like, if you want to lose faith in Ridley Scott and all sorts of other stuff. But anyway, um, yeah, you can guys if you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at Myra Trunks. All right. We'll be back on Thursday where we're going to have a discussion and uh, we're going to show our versatility because we're going to get a little serious topic uh, that's Mm -hmm. going on in Star Wars about betrayal. So it should be a fun, interesting dive into uh, a theme in Star Wars. But until then, we hope you enjoy your weeks and we'll kick off uh, um, uh, Thursday with you in uh, December. It'll be December, James. December 2nd. Wow. It's amazing. When's your birthday? That's around your birthday, isn't it? The 12th. Yeah. 12th. All right. Soon enough. And then on Thursday, I'll actually, as the episode comes out, I will be in uh, LA for uh, the Schmodown Spectacular. I'm not uh, competing, but I will be out there. Um, So uh, that should be fun as well. But anyway, uh, we'll see you Thursday morning with another episode right here on the Resistance Broadcast. And as always, we'll see you around, kids.